welcome back to guardians of the continuum a name in progress um so today we are covering october 16th in history uh first up we have marie antoinette who was executed this day in the year of 1793 yeah 93 um quick rundown about the queen she was the queen of france when she was 14 her parents who were um her dad was the holy roman emperor uh francis the first and when she was 14 they married her off to uh king louis the 15th his grandson so when his grandson became king in 1774 that's when she ascended to the throne as well and uh she was quote she was quoted to live like lavishly which although minorly did like contribute to France's growing debt so that's one reason why people hated her she was very very hated actually like people hated her it was insane um but her husband was quoted as being like indecisive so she took more on took on more like the political role in the relationship she wore the pants and she like heavily rejected the resistance of the front of the she heavily rejected the resistance of the french uh revolution um and which like heavily contributed to the monarchy's overthrow in 1792 so she was yeah she she was like imprisoned in paris for a year before they finally executed her and it was actually like pretty sick because she had like a friend marie therese louise uh she was a princess and um she was her friend and she also refused to go against the monarchy so they like beheaded her in like an angry mob fashion put her head on a pike and then paraded it outside marie marie antoinette's window and then two days later marie antoinette was like guillotined jeez yeah yeah also, that yeah go ahead sorry no uh she was also 37 when she died and she was also born on november 2nd which makes her a scorpio interesting makes so much sense scorpios are crazy yeah um yeah that whole story is just insane to me like because a lot of the stuff that the they was spread about her just during the french revolution like revolution just was not true like they said that she was a pedophile to her kids and like all this stuff but of course the let them eat cake quote is completely fake too so it's yeah. just like it's crazy she just i mean she was an idiot and completely out of touch and lived in a house made of gold but yeah. they like, hated her guts it was insane yeah. well because one of the other things that i didn't know she did until i had gone to the palace of versailles over the summer um is she like wanted to basically cosplay as a poor person so she just had them build her like a farmhouse that she would live in like 10 months out of the year where she would just be like let me go wash my clothes in this beautiful french countryside 
and oh. still have all of the servants and everything else that I need because she was just really out of touch and awful. That reminds me of like the was it Grimes who like <laughs> didn't she like also do something like that? Like Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. Yeah. And she has kids that are named like Cyborg. So <laughs> Grimes is the modern day Marie Antoinette, actually. Well, hopefully it doesn't end the same way for her. That'd be unfortunate. <laughs> Getting guillotined. I don't know. Yeah. The wealth gap now in today's world is bigger than it was during the French Revolution. I mean, there were a lot more starving poor people in France, obviously, but at that point. Still kind of crazy. Yeah. Not saying we should behead anyone, though. Maybe no. that's not cool. Seems like you're a defender of Marie Antoinette. You know, you seem kind of sympathetic to her. I do feel a little bad for her because I think, I mean, if you were just brought up in a way where you had no idea that that stuff was going on, it's kind of like you, she was just completely oblivious and she should have, she should have known better, but still, yeah. I do feel a little bad for her. She was like married into this royal family and then her husband was like a wimp. Yeah. She didn't make any decisions. <laughs> so, I'm not like defending her, but like I too would go crazy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she just wanted to buy stuff. She just wanted some retail therapy and everyone was hating on her. And you know what? I I stand with Marie Antoinette. It says that her last words were, pardon me, sir. I did not do it on yes! purpose after yes! he, after she stepped on the executioner's shoe. I thought that was so sad. We went to the place where, we, I, I think it's like Palace de la Concorde, I want to say. And they had that on a plaque. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. Like she said she was sorry for stepping on his foot because people said that she was really nice she was wow. just an idiot and she also was brought into that when she was like 13 which is kind of sad too i mean you she literally did not know anything else than extravagant wealth so who do you think is to blame for all the things that were going on back then actually i do at louis louis the 14th because he was the one that started everything so and was he, he also was he also killed Louis XIV? He was dead by the time the French Revolution happened. But her uh, husband was, yeah. Louis the Sixteenth was killed. And his father, I want to say Louis the Fifteenth had died like way before, and that's why Louis the Fort Fifth oh my god, what's his name? Sixteenth took the throne because his dad was dead. So it was like his he took his grandfather's spot. Well, yeah. They were interesting. Yeah. It's kind of related to something I was looking into. Did you know that uh, Justin Trudeau's dad was prime minister back in the day of Canada? I did not know that, actually. I don't know anything about Canada, actually. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, here's something you can know. Uh, back in 1970, there was like this huge crisis in October, and especially on October 16th. Well, actually, so like the labor minister, this guy, Pierre Laporte, he was uh, kidnapped and another diplomat was kidnapped. And so Pierre Trudeau uh, invoked the War Measures Act for the first time ever uh, during peacetime in Canadian history. So, you know, there wasn't an active war going on, but he invoked the War Measures Act. And it has never been invoked since then or, you know, never happened before that either. And, yeah, he is the father of Justin Trudeau, the current prime minister of Canada, which is interesting. You know, I'm sure Justin Trudeau made it to the position that he's in on merit alone. And definitely has nothing to do with who his father is. But um, yeah, it uh, allowed the police to arrest like almost 500 people who were just protesting without any like real reason to do so. Um, 
it's a bit suspect. It's a bit suspect, I would say. Um, yeah, but it was. I didn't know that there was this huge crisis in 1970 in Canada. I also did not know that. The more you know, I didn't know Justin Trudeau was a nepotism baby. So yeah, that's kind of sad for him. Yes. yes. Embarrassing. Yeah. Um, this is completely unrelated to that in literally every capacity. But fun fact, this this just blew my mind when I read about it. There was a beer flood in 1814. No, it was definitely way before that. Hang on. I think I wrote down the wrong day. Anyways, there was a beer flood in London like way back in the day. And um, a 22-foot tall wooden bat exploded. And then... It exploded like a bunch of other giant bats of beer and then it flooded like I think it was 300,000 gallons of beer in the streets of London and it killed eight people in the slums that were trying to go to a funeral for a two-year-old dead Irish baby. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? I couldn't believe that. Imagine you're mourning a, a baby. It was 1814. Um, Imagine you're mourning a two-year-old and then you just like die in a flood of alcohol. Man, that's uh, that's pretty rough. Yeah, you, know, you don't even get to enjoy the alcohol as you die. You just, you just die. Pretty literally drowning. In it, yeah, but that is an Irish way to go, for sure. So that baby, you know, that baby was proud of his parents. Yeah. <laughs> how did it was? What happened? Like, how did the something, they were something wooden. exploded or they were wooden, so it just like wasn't a good way to hold however a many a bunch of liquid. gallons of liquid it was like rotted through <laughs> it was 22 feet tall yeah and i'm sure it was probably rotted it was london in 1800 like probably disgusting there were probably rats swimming in it and then uh oh, but the one that exploded made the other ones explode also because it just like took them out it was wood there's no stability too much pressure there. too much pressure on them. yeah and then that beer company shut down it also said that they could not recover from the loss of 300 thousand gallons it's a lot that's many gallons that is that's a lot of gallons and then they stopped using wooden bats after that everywhere in london that's pretty smart i would say at least they learn at least they learn from some things but you know what they didn't learn from the people in london and you know the the empire of britain is you know back in the day they uh partitioned up bengal or bengal however you pronounce that they separate it you know, most of the Muslim people with most of the Hindu people over in India, they were like, yeah, this will make everything better. People are going to get along easier. And then they like five years later had to uh, reverse their decision on that because there were so many protests and it led to a lot of nationalism in India, which is a huge issue in India today, which often goes untalked about in the United States. But there's a lot of like deep radical nationalism uh, among Hindus and among Muslims in India. And a lot of it is due to the UK back in the day. Just like, you guys go here and you guys go there. And I was going to say they didn't learn from that because, you know, not that long later, uh, they were tasked with uh, dividing up the land over in Palestine. You know, the British mandate back in the day, they uh, were given control to just say, all right, we're going to take this group of people. We're going to put you here, even though there are already people here. Like the, this is a country that has been established and there it's a sovereign nation. We're just going to take it, divide it up and put a bunch of, uh, make it Israel, you know, put a bunch of Jews there, which is, you know, Britain, 
They've done a lot of bad things. I would say they really, they messed up some things around the world. Everything boils down to Britain yeah. being evil a little bit. No offense to Britain. Actually, to all offense. Britain, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's kind of messed up. Kind of messed up, you guys. But don't worry, eight of them died. Actually, yes. I think literally like six of them were the people that were Irish. So actually, once again, screw the British. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Speaking of other things the British did that were bad, that Ooh. were butterfly affecting the rest of the world. Um, you guys know John Brown? Yeah. John Brown. That guy, abolitionist, before the Civil War even started. Um, his raid took place in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, on October 16th, 1859. And he thought that he could get a massive slave riot going if he went down the Appalachian Mountains starting in Harper's Ferry and just like literally end slavery. He thought he could do it. It was him and like 20 guys. A couple of them were his sons. And they went and they took the what was the U.S. arsenal that was there that had a lot of guns, a lot of them. And it actually would become very important to the Confederacy, the Confederacy in the civil war um but then they didn't succeed and john brown was hung but he was hung in december i think um but yeah that was crazy and everyone was like oh my god this guy sucks you have to kill him now why did he do this and then four years later they were like wait a second maybe this guy was right and then west virginia seceded and became our own state so which john brown was instrumental to that yeah yeah there was a couple years ago Prager you came out with a video where they were like praising the guy who killed John Brown. I think actually it was Robert E. Lee. And they were like, he was the one that caught him. Yeah. They were like, he quashed this violent slave rebellion by John Brown. It's like, well, that's one way to characterize it. I guess. I mean, you know, keeping someone enslaved for many, many years and then they revolt. I wouldn't really characterize that as like a violent rebellion. It's just them getting their rights back, you know, but Prager you, Prager you. And then uh, when someone had exposed them about that, they were like, well, it was a freelance video. You know, we don't really, we don't check like everything. You know, we just ask these people to make videos and sometimes they say things that, you know, we don't agree. It's like, I don't buy that. I yeah, don't. that that whole thing, well, too, what also happened with that, it was like the first person that died when they were doing the siege was a freed black man who worked at the railroad station because he he they had taken the bridges and everything like they were taking the town and nobody had died yet and they hadn't taken any hostages or anything but this guy came out i think his name was haywood i want to say um and he was like wait a second what are you doing you robbers and they were like stop and he was like i'm gonna go tell on you guys and then they shot him and then he became a symbol for the lost cause because he was a black man that had been killed in a siege attempting to free slaves um which was kind of it's very sad people don't talk about him a lot but as a, as a jefferson county and we remember him but yeah a bunch of people were also president president at his hanging which is cool too like walt walt whitman was there he wrote a poem about it that guy's cool um very good writer yeah yeah i love walt whitman um Oh my god i'm trying to remember it's a shame that he ended up cooking meth 
you know it's not <laughs> oh my god breaking bad reference uh um, yeah uh what Whitman was there i'm blanking on his name and this is embarrassing but the guy that killed abraham lincoln was also there oh man what do you get one of you guys has to remember his name no i only remember lee harvey oswald i'm trying to remember the guy who killed lincoln um i can't remember right now but he was there and future general stonewall jackson was also there and obviously oh. robert e lee and fun fact the house that they the the place where he was hung in charlestown they built the man the man who had come with the local militia to stop john brown with robert e lee bought the land built his house on top of it and placed the cornerstone on the exact spot that john brown was dead like died on to be as an extra like screw you john brown the guy's name was john wilkes booth who that's what it is yes and you can go to that house and it's actually a really pretty house but Hmm. that's wrong um kylie do you have anything else you'd wanted to talk about not really i mean when i was scrolling i saw that John Mayer's birthday is today, October 16th. Nice. John Mayer? Yeah, yeah, I think he's a singer. I've heard his name before. Yeah, John- he's a, yeah. He's a singer. He's like okay. a big uh, acoustic guitar guy. Yeah, yeah, the first album that my parents ever got me for Christmas when I was like seven was John Mayer's Continuum. Hmm. And that's like the only the only album of him that I know. And I could maybe name one song off of it he also uh kanye west uh back in the day they released a japanese version of um graduation that album from 2007 and uh, he has a song with the hook is done by john mayer on it and it's only available on that version i can't remember the name of it but it's a really good song and john mayer has a good hook for it but yeah i was gonna say too um you know, the Million Man March happened on October 16th, this day in history in 1995. That was interesting, you know, estimate. I don't think there were a million people there. There were definitely many hundreds of thousands of people. And when you go back and look, I mean, it's pretty crazy um, uh, how little progress had been made even into the mid-90s. The poverty rate of Black Americans was more than 40%, which is wow. very, very significant. The un- unemployment rate was uh, over double that of white Americans. The median family income for a black family was only 58% of what it was for white households. Um, over 11% of all black men aged 16 to 19 were unemployed. So that's, uh, those are that's- not good stats, you know. Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, some of the people who organized the event uh, were talking about that being born black in America, you already have three strikes against you, which is you have insufficient uh, prenatal care, worse education, like worse opportunities, and then jobless parents. So all those three things are like immediately you're just at a disadvantage. And that's why, you know, uh, when people more recently get into all these arguments about affirmative action, you know, a lot of people tend to overlook uh, these factors and they say like, oh, it's about meritocracy and who's the most qualified and, you know, we can't just give handouts, you know, whatever. But if you're born at a disadvantage and continue to be, um, continue to not have the same opportunities throughout your life growing up, well, at some point, you know, the system should account for that, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And a bunch of, you know, the whole, when they canceled affirmative action completely, 
whatever repealed it then a bunch of those colleges started to, to take away legacy admissions and then a bunch of them just re-implemented it like a little bit oh, after yeah. that so I'm that sure. goes to say something too that they can just put it back whenever they want and people who were born at a disadvantage have literally zero control over whether or not they might get into a college now not not control but maybe a little bit of a better chance than they would otherwise and all those rich kids yeah there was a ton of uh really you know incredible people like rosa parks spoke there cornell west spoke there um uh jesse jackson spoke at the march but it was also too you know back in the uh at that time a lot of uh the portrayal of black americans was like oj simpson you know like look at this guy he's a super dangerous willie horton you know like these super dangerous black people were just on the news every single day um kind of you know definitely perpetuating a stereotype about which has been long running in the united states about like these scary black men that is around every street corner waiting to kill the white folk yeah definitely true this is very off topic but on a lighter note singer songwriter nico she's german was born in 1938 she did a bunch of music with the velvet underground which is the only reason why i included that because i like her yeah is that um that album where it's a banana as the cover they have yeah, like the she's velvet on that underground one. and nico anything that says featuring nico that's her and she is the i think the most famous song i would say she's on is these days but that might just be by her actually yeah that the, their album together was never my favorite um uh, you know i think it's pretty good but it wasn't exceptional to me yeah i like um oh my god i keep i'm really tired today i keep blanking on everything um whatever the doors you were gonna say the doors i think that's what you were going for no i was going to say whatever album has um pale blue eyes and after hours on it is my favorite but i can't remember Oh uh, yeah, it might just be pale blue eyes. I don't know. That that's a good album. I like that one. Well, uh, back to a much heavier, much darker note. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the last time we had this, we talked about like, oh, uh, no matter what day you choose, there's probably a mass shooting that happened on that day, and that is correct, Yippee! actually. So, on October sixteenth in nineteen ninety one, there was this guy, George Hennard, who uh, drove into a cafeteria down in Killeen, Texas, just like he had this big truck. And um, there was a bunch of people there that day because there was some type of event. Um, so there was like hundreds, of, it was boss's day is when it was. There was like hundreds of people in this cafeteria and he just smashed the glass with his truck. And then he rode around like opening fire on people, specifically women. This was a, uh, I believe they called it like a femicide was the term for it because he was just driving up to different women and he would be like, you B word like this is, you know, look what you've done to my family. I, I mean, I guess, um, you know, he had a lot of issues, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, he had a lot of issues with women in his life and he was like, I'm just going to go shoot a bunch of them in a cafeteria. And it was, the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history for quite a while until the Virginia Tech shooting happened. But yeah, yeah, it was uh, it's pretty bad. That's crazy. I don't even think I've heard of that one. There's so many that just 
I know. get overlooked because there's a million other more horrible ones that exist. And, you know, not more horrible, but higher death rates, I guess. Casualty. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Femicide's a fun word. Yes, but not a fun topic. <laughs> nice save. <laughs> Feminist yeah. over here. Yes, 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 yes. But now there is another story that is much lighter than that one, which I thought was actually pretty funny. It was this guy who well, was an atheist back in the day, and he was also a tobacconist, which I did not know was a word, but uh, he got into like this debate with some religious people about the existence of giants. I, that apparently, I guess there's giants in the Bible. I'm not, I've read some of the Bible. I guess maybe I missed that part, but so what he decided to do, because he thought people were too gullible, especially religious people. He was like, I got to trick these people, got to figure out a way to make them see how gullible they are. And so he created this like giant 10 foot tall, 3000 pound uh, human lookalike. And he buried it deep under this farm that he owned. Uh, it was actually really incredible how he made it. Like he made it out of gypsum and they used the uh, acids and stains to make it look old and they buried it down there. It was really uh very impressive actually and then he hired a bunch of people to go dig a well at that property because he knew that when they started digging they would find it and so the people were digging down there and they're like oh my gosh look at this 10 foot tall three thousand pound person and apparently a lot of people back then this was 1869 by the way and apparently a lot of people back then really believed it to the point where um pt barnum created a replica because he wanted the original of it but couldn't get it and, 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 you know, of course, like some people back then immediately debunked it, like the president of Cornell University back then, a paleontologist from Yale. And what I say to that is that they're just haters and they are, you know, the educational elite that don't want the common folks to have something fun to get attached to. But now I thought, yeah, that was a pretty, it's called the Cardiff giant. If anyone wants to look that up. That's crazy. I've never heard that before. You know, that's some like I hadn't either. I would have fallen for that. <laughs> I would have. Absolutely. I want to believe that stuff is real. I would love it if giants were real. It looked, you know, not completely unbelievable. I mean, it definitely. I mean, it was if it was 1869, I mean, you know, they've never had a frosted flake or like held an iPhone. So I'm sure it was pretty like, oh, my God, this is real. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, Jove. And when I was looking at the picture, uh, it reminded me, and this is not related to October 16th, but I just saw a post on Reddit recently. I didn't really, I don't know if this is true or not, but it was just a photo from some museum where it was uh, Jimi Hendrix's, uh, a model, like a replica of his um, phallic organ. And I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, that's interesting. Oh, you know, the chick that did those, she did one of, um... oh my God, she did them. She did them of a bunch of people. She did it to Jim Morrison too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah Go I look never, that up after this. I, w- I will have to look that up. I never knew. I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah, that she was. was thing and... I can't remember her name, but she made a book out of them. She was an artist and she did it to a bunch of rock stars. That's really including cool. Including Jimi Hendrix. And there's there's a couple other ones in there, too, because they would be like, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> wow. That's she awesome. Would. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're in a museum somewhere. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Um. Yeah, the only other thing that I had was uh, in 1953, Fidel Castro gave his speech about, this, you know, the history will absolve me speech, um, where he criticized the guy Bautista as a tyrant. 
you know, spoke yeah. about uh, healthcare, education, a lot of issues in Cuba. And, and I feel like, you know, I'm not coming out here as like a Fidel Castro supporter. Okay, let me just put that up front. But I feel like when people talk about Fidel Castro and other people like him, the immediate thought is like, this guy is an idiot. He's a communist. He just wanted to, you know, give people barrels of money and he wanted to like kill the, you know, members of the government. But you actually read what he's saying and he's much more reasonable and measured. I, I just think like you always got to fully understand what people believe before you right. uh, write them off as like absolutely mm -hmm. insane. One, one thing I'd like to add to that is uh, as a, as a 50% Cuban, <laughs> here, uh, I had a lot of actual, like legitimately a lot of my family was killed by him and his people. So no, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't support yeah, the guy. They were, my my great uncle Hector was a mailman and they were like, you have to read people's mail now. We have to know who's against us. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. And they were like, okay, we're shooting you in the street now. <laughs> and then he died. So I, That's bad. I'm against <laughs> that. I'm I, just... <laughs> I do. I understand what you're saying, but he was a big liar pants because a lot of people were like, yeah, let's free healthcare. This is great. And then he was like, actually, um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm taking everything of yours and building a bunch of ice cream factories everywhere and making a lot of slums. I do think I think the uh, issues that he brought up, you know, that's that's really what I was trying to get at, like what he was yeah, talking about. Was just there were real that. issues. Yeah, he was just, you know, not a good spokesman. Like he was not a good um, person to carry out reform, obviously. Yeah, my, my AO would not be happy that you're saying any of this right now. I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that you know if, no, it, know. Were, if it were another. Well, person, I'm the radical one because I'm the one that's always like, no, nah, like he had some good points, and everyone's like, no, you call me. So. Yeah, I think um, you know, and it and it is interesting. Uh, the Cuban healthcare system is actually like not, you know, not terrible compared to um some other countries that are more developed than they are. Like there are a lot of things in Cuba that are not good at all, but out of all the issues that they have healthcare is actually you know not too bad yeah it's just the slums and other things that are getting them they do have a lot of doctors down there that's cool yeah. <laughs> i don't have anything else i i did, my john brown was my uh selling point there oh yeah i i did forget i had one other thing um back in 1973 on this day henry kissinger the infamous uh most peaceful guy on the planet got the nobel peace prize for negotiating uh peace in the vietnam war and the other guy who received it who was the um president of north vietnam or you know the leader of north vietnam rejected the award because he was like there's no peace and there's not going to be peace from these peace accords so he rejected it. Henry Kissinger, of course, did not reject it. And I think history speaks for itself. You know, we all know Henry Kissinger's leg legacy. Um, he was instrumental in a lot of those like secret bombing campaigns of countries that had really not much to do with the Vietnam War. So I think, uh, yeah, we, you know, what else can be said about old Henry Kissinger? Ping. <laughs> all right. I forgot I wanted to talk about this, but the Walt Disney Company was founded this day in history in what was it? Uh 1923. But that's crazy. Do you guys think his head is frozen somewhere in Florida? I, I would like to believe so. it is. 
I was gonna say, speaking of great people that held awesome beliefs, Walt Disney. <laughs> okay, we do have less than a minute left. Um, I guess we can just spend this time effusively pra- praising Henry Kissinger for his benevolence. Thank and- you, Henry Kissinger. You were the <laughs> best. Thank you, very deserving. Astro. You were also the best. Thank you, Robert E. Lee. Just kidding. That was oh, too- we can say watch the movie Platoon. That's a cool movie. Yeah, it's about the Vietnam movie. War, and it has young Willem Dafoe, and it yeah. has. Um, and he's a good guy in it. 